Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard who loved writing stories. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat in front of every nighter But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba do wubba dubba do Worst writer in the world 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 He's a stupid Rubbish writer. Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and he's wearing a leather bikini Ooh. and travelling through time and space with Doctor Who. It's... Who is this Howard Long you speak of? <laughs> Yay, it's me, Howard Long. Excellent impression there, Howard, of someone who knows. who knows. Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show. Thanks to all of our lovely patrons on Patreon for supporting this show. Mm. And thanks to Doctor Who. No, no, <laughs> no, no. And thanks to you for... Listening to this show instead yes. of doing something stupid like watching Doctor Who, which is what yeah. you want to be doing, isn't it? You loser. <laughs> <laughs> if you are Doctor Who and listening to this, thank you for listening. Double thank you. Oh, if you're you actually Doctor Who, Doctor Who mm. yeah, then you know, meet you at the wise place. Meet you at the wise place later in your yeah. TARDIS. All right. Well, if you've been tied up by Daleks, we're the ones to help you. Yeah, right. I don't think Doctor Who listens to this. I agree because I'm not. I'm not totally convinced she's a real person. I yeah. think it might just be a character on TV show. Starting to suspect. I've been noticing a few little signs, a few little inconsistencies with the whole story, you know, that maybe she's not real. Yeah, I noticed that when I saw her and I saw her and she wasn't wearing a costume and she was just kind of like had a baby and was like buying shots. Wasn't travelling in time and space. Yeah, I was like, wait a second, who wrote this episode of Doctor Who? Was it me? (laughs) Doctor Who goes to Sainsbury's. Yeah, I mean, clearly, if you're in it, you wrote it, right? Mm. If there's if if there's a little aside where a, a skinny, lank-haired man turns up and, and starts eating lollies that have been left on his desk, that's definitely written by you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Um, so we are we are at the, the penultimate episode of the Last Olympian. Right. This is like we're approaching the end, hmm. and um, <laughs> a lot's happened. A lot's happened. Uh, uh, <laughs> on the bright side. Samael, in the last episode, Samael did not murder some kids and a dog. And that was, a re- I think we were all relieved about that. Unfortunately, it, it, like he did, it, it was almost like you were writing as a, a little example of why you should murder kids and dogs. Yeah. Because obviously he put them on a train and they went straight to the police and said, somebody's killed our mum in front of us. Yes, and we know true. where he is because we came from his house. <laughs> so the police come round. Yes. And they're all like, uh, we'd like to look around your apartment because two kids turned up with a dog called Captain Waggy. And, <laughs> and they said that you murdered their mum in front of them. So I'd just like to check. And that's where we left them. Yeah. Basically, two police officers in Samuel's apartment searching the place for a body that he has hidden somewhere, but we don't know where he's hidden it. So shall we get back to the story, Howard? Yes, please. <laughs> All right, so the police came around to Mortimer Sykes' apartment to see if Samael had been murdering anyone there. 
<laughs> and of course, the problem was he had, and he was just standing there with the, with the dead body while the police knock on the door. All right, that's a problem. So of course he had to hide the body. We yeah. don't know where he hid it. No. The police come in and they search everywhere. They searched everywhere for the body, including behind the shower curtain mm. where we thought the body was going to be, but found no body. So now, not only did the police not know where that body is, mm-hmm. but neither do we, the viewer <laughs> or at this point listener. All right, no one. Only Samael knows the clever, cunning place that he's hid that body. All right. Yeah. So Thank I'm you. pretty excited to find out to find out where what he did with it. I mean, it's going to be something fucking genius, right? Mm-hmm. I think that what he's done is he's got Doctor White and he's surgically attached it to himself. <laughs> no, that's not my wife. That's my other arm. <laughs> Your left arm is strangely woman shaped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you think a little bit woman shaped? No, it's a bit, bit mean to make fun of my deformity. <laughs> Looks like you've sewn a dead woman to your arm. <laughs> no, definitely have done that. All right, let's see. Let's see how it's going. Cut to interior lounge night. Samuel stands at the front door with Lamont and Erkins. When your wife returns, do please contact us immediately. In the meantime, given the disposition of your two girls, it would perhaps be wise to keep them in the hospitality ward at the station. Basically, we'll look after your kids for you, okay? Yeah. Free. It's free. Just like a normal police thing to do. <laughs> I mean, lucky, because if Samuel had to go with them and pick them up, yeah. they might like scream and shout and go, no, that's the man who murdered our <laughs> mum. And yeah. probably be quite convincing. Yeah. Sal says, by all means, Inspector, I'm certain Sergeant Erkins will keep them in check and be their mum and look after them forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. They are about to leave when there is a loud and horrendous scream from somewhere outside the building. Now, I remember the bathroom had <laughs> windows that looked out onto yeah. the outside. I remember that was specified. <laughs> yeah. Erkins goes to the lounge window and looks down. What is it? I'm not sure. I can't see from here. Mm. She heads towards the bathroom. Samael looks around nervously, spies fruit bowl and fruit knife. Oh, God, he's going to do more murder. <laughs> Yay! For someone who just said he wasn't going to murder anyone, he's done a lot of murder. <laughs> yeah. Interior, bathroom, night. Erkins goes to the bath and sees that the window is slightly ajar. She pushes it open and looks down. Exterior, rear of apartments, POV Erkins, night. Lying in a bloody puddle four stories down is the body of Mrs Sykes, the rug and fireplace set. Mm. So he leaned her against her window, but unfortunately the window opened and she fell out, right? Is that what happened? No, no. Well, he chucked her out the window, I think. Yeah, yeah. He chucked her out the window. That was his answer. Yeah, he was like, well, he's like, like he's not hanging, he's planning on sticking around. There's some police people at the door. He's right. like, get rid of the body, just throw her out of the window, and then, like, you Don't know, you the say, there's, say there's nobody here, they leave, and then get the hell out of here. I think that was his, his plan. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Cut to interior lounge night. Erkins runs in. Erkins shouts, Illululu, I found Mrs. Sykes. <clears throat> to discover Lamont on his knees, half dead, with the fruit knife in his neck. Oh the blood is pumping out. Samael stands over him. Samael says, Decide, do, don't regret, <laughs> murder everyone. If at first your murder does not succeed, murder, murder again. <laughs> Uh, 
all kicked off towards the end of the script, didn't it? It was yeah. kind of like just a bit the police turned for a while. Up. Yeah, the police turned up. He murdered someone and then the police turned up. Yeah, like um, Samuel's just hanging out in his stolen flat with his stolen dead wife. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just he's just abandoned his two kids on a train with their dog. Mm. He's like, no, that'll probably be fine. I doubt that'll come back to bite me later. <laughs> I was just going to mess around for a while. I was going to visit some old friends and not worry about it too much, you know. Yeah. But then, unfortunately, just as he got back to his flat, he's thinking about what to do with the body. All he's done so far is roll it up in a carpet. You know, probably better do more than that. I suppose I could jump up and down on it until it flattens out and then no yeah. one notice. <laughs> but no, he's got to get rid of it. But then the police turned up. Two police officers, Uh-oh. nice one, nasty one, mm. obviously. Uh, so he put it in the bathroom. <laughs> and there were some some shenanigans where the, the police officer didn't open the bathroom, the bath curtain, the shower curtain. And then he did, but the body wasn't there because because Samuel had chucked it out the window. <laughs> Which is so The funny. perfect crime. <laughs> no one will ever know. I can carry on in my life as more than as I as long as no one ever walks down that street there. <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean like the blood the blood trail leading up to that open window. Oh, that should have been a giveaway, shouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He smeared along she the She got a carpet. fire poker through her neck. That blood is gone yeah. everywhere. And he's just mopped it. It'll be up with a tea towel, apparently. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These let's, let's, these two police officers are the worst police yeah. officers in the world. He should have been like, no, no, cut myself shaving, and there's like blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a particularly bad cut, but fortunately, but, uh, I heal very quickly. Yeah, like you've got the cut on you. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine, no, no, Wolverine, Wolverine, Wolverine powers. Wolverine, Wolverine, yeah. <laughs> Wolverine powers. Don't I? Mm. <laughs> okay, I can accept that. That seems believable. I too am a superhero. Look at all the legs I've got. That make me Spider Man. Okay. Yeah. And but unfortunately, um, about ten minutes after he choked that body out of the window, <laughs> someone saw it and started screaming. Yeah. And uh, and therefore the police officers saw it. They knew what had happened. They were like, "Hang on a minute. This this lot, lot of blood on the carpet is not from someone cutting themselves shaving. No, more than cutting themselves shaving. And then also I fell over and had to like pull my more. Well, my head got very heavy. You know how your head gets heavy when you cut yourself shaving. Then I pulled it along the carpet. So it made this smeary, smeary look. And then and then I'm checking myself so out the, the window. window. Look, that, there's me there. Look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm starting to see a couple of holes in your story, to be honest. Yeah, they worked it out that he had murdered his wife, or what they think is his wife, Mm -hmm. and chucked her out of the window. so funny. The perfect crime. I love that, because also, again, it's like that thing in movies where people do such dumb things, but it's presented to you like they get away with it by luck or, or, Mm. you know, they're being cunning. But you think you step back and you think about it, you're like... No, that was really stupid. Putting the body in the bath and just hoping that the police officer wouldn't pull back the shower curtain was really dumb. Mm. Um, or like putting it in that cupboard or whatever you did. All of these things are stupid. Mm. And so to present it as actually <laughs> stupid, I think, is, is refreshing. And he gets caught because, of course, it's fucking stupid. It's not like it doesn't work. Well, it's almost, fucking ridiculous. If he almost gets away with it. If um, if one, if he'd have opened the door and said, oh, come in, come in, officers, have a look in all my rooms quickly. <laughs> yep, see any dead bodies? Okay, off you go, bye. Then, then he might have been all right. Yeah. 
Anyway, so Samuel, um, after the police officers see that he's clearly murdered someone and chucked her out, <laughs> <laughs> realizes the only thing he can possibly do is murder the police officers. <laughs> That's his only solution. Oh, better, better murder two more people then, I suppose. <laughs> so basically, Samuel has just beaten <laughs> the Lamont. Didn't he fruit knife Lamont? Oh, no, fruit, yeah, fruit knife, because he got rid of the poker, didn't he? he? Yeah, he stabbed him with a fruit knife. Oh, nice. And Erkins, the female police officer, w- walked in to say, I found Mrs. Sykes. Yeah. But she discovers Lamont on his knees, half dead, with the fruit knife in his neck. The blood is pumping out. So this neck injury did cause blood. Samuel's there. Like, she comes in. He goes, like, oh, I just cut myself shaving again. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the blood is pumping out. Samael stands over him. Samael is saying, decide, do, don't regret. <laughs> Which is his murder catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Lamont slumps forward. Samael grabs the empty champagne bucket and hurls it at Erkins. He threw a bucket at him. <laughs> murder, murder bucket. Oh, no, it didn't work. Just a bucket. Oh, no. Erkins runs back into the bathroom and slams the door. The bucket hits at head height just as the door closes. Oh, oh, that, would, that definitely would have killed her. Exploding bucket in it. <laughs> she's fast then. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. That is. She moves faster than a speeding champagne bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel grabs the stand of the champagne bucket and mm-hmm. runs to the bathroom door. He wields the stand like an axe and smashes it against the door. Okay. I guess, again, there is some uh, a, a certain satire going on here as well, isn't there? Because he's using the tools to hand to do his mass murder. Mm-hmm. But the tools to hand are all the kind of paraphernalia of, of wealthy people, people yeah. which he is not and which he, you know, in a place where he doesn't belong. And he's like, he is destroying it yeah, like, um, in a very kind of direct way. Uh, and then by murdering them with their own champagne bucket. Or is that is that poor? He doesn't know what any of this stuff is. He's like, this axe is really weird. <laughs> Not rich really job. Rich people axe are rubbish. Yeah. yeah, maybe. He still hasn't used his knife throwing abilities, has he? <laughs> like he had a knife just now, and he stabbed him in the neck. He didn't throw well, it. He left it in there, didn't he? But he threw a bucket, <laughs> yeah, he which did. would have hit her if she had to close the change. door. Change the beginning. So yeah. when you see when he's in his flat and you see his wall, there's a load of sharp buckets sticking out. <laughs> and when he goes to the pub, the old man's like, Ew, yeah. Samuel, can you throw this bucket at dartboard? <laughs> Cut to interior bathroom night. Erkins is on her walkie-talkie. Oh wow. Yay! Future! Hooray! Erkins says Hello, hello, hello. Um, I probably shouldn't. I probably should get to the point. <laughs> Come on, this is an emergency. Hello, hello, hello. Officer in danger. Request immediate assistance. Lower Aberdeen Wharf. One officer down. Mortimer Sykes has killed one. No, two. Request lockdown on Sykes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get out the window. Uh oh, lockdown on Sykes. This sounds. This feels like another bit of inspiration from Minority Report to me, oh, yeah. because like we've already had the eyes, obviously, but like th- there's a bit where they take control of his car that he's escaping in. Yes, like, there the, is. Yeah, the yeah. system works against him, mm-hmm. and it feels like this is maybe the police having a lot of control and able to just like lock him in his flat or something. Maybe, yeah. That sounds a bit terrifying. Definitely not his car, because there are, are no cars in this film. There's just one bus pulled not... by horses. Right? Okay. <laughs> 
Does that. Are there cars in this oh, society? I've not, not seen a vehicle. I think the idea was... No, there was, was... a van. There was a van. Oh, Drive yeah. to van, remember? Drive to van, yeah. Um, so in poor, <laughs> in poor places, there's kind of these delivery yeah. vehicles, but it seems like... Yeah, when they arrived... Which people can teleport. When they arrived at um, Basilius Rex's party um, of Fairy Lighthouse, mm. uh, they, they arrived on a horse-drawn carriage, didn't they? Did they? Did they? So, yeah. Unless it was another horse, horse-drawn Ferrari. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, that's thing is that's a a brilliant idea because again, if you have this kind of future where there either there is no fuel, yeah. or they just can't afford it because it's too expensive for everyone, even yeah. rich people. It's just in like it's you, you can afford fuel, but you you can only have, you can you drive for five minutes and that's your life savings gone, mm-hmm. even if you're rich. So the idea that they would find ways around it, and one way would be to turn <laughs> yeah, but... like these stupid status symbols of expensive cars, like rip out all the insides to make them as light as possible. They'd yeah. just be like metal shells, and then have like four horses dragging a Ferrari along. And the horses are probably like horses in a horse race. They've got their colours, but like these are like sponsored horses. So there's a horse wearing like a Ferrari outfit, or a Riva if it's the bus horse. Okay. <laughs> Got got adverts on him. It's like headache <laughs> on the side of a horse. Headache. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to the other side of the horse to find out how to what to do about that. <laughs> Don't go round the back of a horse. <laughs> it's, it's surprising. It'll kick you. That's why you got a fucking headache, you idiot. <laughs> it got me again. <laughs> that that headache prank gets me every time. Oh, I hope no one was filming me for horse-drawn YouTube. <laughs> Because yeah. the internet, there's no elect- there's no electricity yeah, yeah, yeah. here, so the internet works by horses. Yeah, yeah, there's horses dragging <laughs> laptops around and people yeah. watching that. <laughs> watching the internet. Yeah, just having a look at the internet on the back of that horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going, running alongside a horse yeah. to, to watch a video of my, myself being kicked by a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I do it, to be honest. Nothing else, nothing else to do then. Uh. Apart from chuck, chuck buckets at my bedroom wall. <laughs> Really boring here in the future. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's that particular um, bit of world building nail. <laughs> mm. All right. So she just re- requested a lockdown on sites. That's why we had that conversation about horse-drawn cars. Mm. Um, the door begins to crack. Oh. Erkins continues. Uh, repeat. Lockdown on sites. Send help. She's, I mean, basically, it seems like she wants them to lock her in a flat with a murderer. Right? <laughs> oh, no, hang on. I've just thought it through. <laughs> no, don't open all the doors. No, not the... Do- oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Not all the doors. She drops the walkie-talkie and pulls her bat on. It's no guns in future. She pulls London. her bat on? Or <laughs> is she Batman? Hello, hello, hello. I'm Batman now. Why'd you like me to hit you with my bat? Order a bat lockdown. Who's going to get out the bat window? She drops the walkie talkie and pulls her bat on. By which we mean a kind of truncheon, right? I think. I think Not that she's dressed as Batman. I don't know. She flicks it and it extends to three times the length. The door breaks in. Samael stands with his makeshift weapon, mm. Erkins with hers. Mm. She attacks first, striking a blow on his head. Ow. Enraged, he pushes her back. She falls into the bath, nice. the shower curtain coming down on top of her. Brilliant. So it's turning into a little comedy uh, sequence. <laughs> Ooh, she's probably saying. 
<laughs> bit of comedy music playing. Uh, she is lost under the curtain, writhing, trying to get out, screaming. He swings his weapon down. Cut to interior lounge night. Lamont lies dying. Oh dear, this is not going to be good for my leg collection. <laughs> Listening to the screams of his colleague. Mm. Interior, lounge, POV, Lamont. The screams eventually subside. <laughs> he sees Samael return from the bathroom, a glazed look on his face. He's been doing some cake decoration <laughs> yeah, on himself. I was the same, yeah. oh, I just murdered your colleague, but I thought, you know, I might as well look nice, might as well look nice, <laughs> but I don't really know how to. Um, so I just got, well, went, in the, went in the cake cupboard. Do you like my jelly diamonds? <laughs> you like yeah. put, some, put, put some jelly diamonds on, didn't I? I like it with jelly diamond, especially on my ice cream. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so you see Samuel return from the bathroom with a glazed look on his face. He heads over to Lamont and bends down. Samuel says, Sorry. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. He slits Lamont's oh, throat. Yeah. Yikes. I tell you what, something about, like when you read that, that sounds really disturbing. And it is, by the way. Watching someone slit someone else's throat is horrifying. It happens so much in movies. Stop slitting people's throats in movies all the time. Why is that <laughs> such a common thing? Why do you have to be so graphic about everything? Just shoot him in a place I can't see. Well. <laughs> like in a cupboard or something. All right? <laughs> Take him into a cupboard and shoot him and then come out and just tell me it happened so I don't have to watch everyone getting their throat slit all the time. <laughs> Interior lounge night. Lamont rattles around like a clockwork man who has fallen over and slowly winds down to death. Mm. Samuel is upset, but in decide and do mode. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I am upset. I just murdered three people now. But I am in decide and do mode, so I think That's I'm right. going to murder 25 more. <laughs> That's he needs to leave ASAP. He goes to the front door, but it will not open. Oh, because they got locked down. Computer, unlock the front door. Silence. Mm. Computer, on. <laughs> Good evening, <laughs> Mr Sykes. Good evening, C.I. Lamont. Good evening, Sergeant Erkins. Wow. I, I see you're both dead today <laughs> and covered in blood. Uh, Samuel says, shut up. Computer, unlock the front door. The door is not locked. What? The door is not locked. Then why can't I open it? Mr Sykes has been detained. <coughs> Indeed. <laughs> Samuel grabs the corpse of Lamont and drags it to the door. He lifts Lamont up and places his hand on the door handle. The handle slides down and the door opens. Oh, right. Oh, so the handle, like the handle of the door has got fingerprint detectors on it, I suppose, as well, has it? I don't know. And, like, detectors can go wherever they like. I mean, why do they have to knock, then, before? Why don't they just open the door and walk in and find him dragging that corpse in a carpet to the bathroom? Um, politeness, dramatic <laughs> tension... <laughs> I guess. Bit yeah. of both. It's like, I, I know we could walk in right now, but it would be a bit rude. And then we would just see him with his the with that body yeah. in the carpet trying to chuck it out the window. So if we if we wait for mm. anything up to ten minutes thinking about it, then at least we'll be able to drag the scene out and have a bit of fun and maybe get murdered at the end. What do you think? Yeah. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me get this straight. The door wasn't locked. Um 
right? It was completely unlocked. There was a unlocked. police lockdown. Right, yeah, but it wasn't locked, so it was simply a question yeah. of they took. So what do they do? They take away um, Samuel Fell's gravity powers or something, so he can't <laughs> push door handles down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What's there going on there? Gravity privileges, <laughs> and suddenly you can. Oh, I can't push the handle down. Is it locked? Yeah. No, you just don't have gravity <laughs> privileges anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, has he? Has this dead bloke got gravity privileges? <laughs> oh, I'll use his hand then. Yeah. Right, worked. So okay. Weird. Good. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm happy to go with that as a yeah. tech uh, technical explanation. Because otherwise it was locked. Yeah. <laughs> and it was unlocked by the yeah. use of um, his hand, uh, other guy's hand. Yeah, the, maybe the computer should have said, it wasn't locked by me, Yeah, but the police are capable of locking it. But if you happen to have a spare police hand <laughs> lying around, you will be able to override mm. that. Seems, seems like a, a, an unfortunate oversight. If you're, I mean, obviously you, you should have a system where the police can get in. But yeah. if they're all carrying around walkie-talkies, then maybe it could be like asking the people in charge to unlock the door when you arrive, <laughs> rather than just having every police officer's hand like keyed into every single door handle in the whole city, <laughs> so that the police can just go where they want. That seems that seems unfortunate. Yeah, and not just because when they're dead. Crims can use it, but also because the police can go wherever they want, and that's bad. It is. And like the criminals, you know, if the, if the police aren't committing the crimes, then the criminals will just like go around, <laughs> find a policeman, cut his hand off, cut his hand off, have that. Now I can go where I like. Yeah. So, so the door opens. Samael drops the body and prepares to leave, then stops and thinks. <laughs> he races into the kitchen and returns with a spoon and a meat cleaver. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh God! Oh God! Uh, well, he's probably just going to make dinner. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> For dinner, I'm going to have steak and yogurt. <laughs> right. so I need a spoon, a spoon, and a meat cleaver. <laughs> Samael murdered Chief Inspector Lamont, head of police. Yay! <laughs> I'm sure, sure that'll be fine. And Sergeant Erkins, he murdered her as well. Good. And then he went to get a meat cleaver and a spoon for some reason. <laughs> Cut to interior apartment reception night. Dorman is here. Dorman the doorman. Mm. Samael exits the lift wearing Lamont's coat and hat. Oh, wow. Dorman says... Ah, Mr Sykes, I was just about to call you. Mr Rex is holding a soiree at his his this evening. He's holding a soiree. (laughs) That's what he called it. It's not my word. Hmm. He said, "Um, uh, hello, can you ask uh, Samuel Fell, or whatever, I don't know, Mortimer Sykes, whatever I call him, to come to my soiree, please? (laughs) It's at my house this evening. Thank you very much. Bye. Soiree, ce soir. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Samael says, thanks. Samael tries to open the door. It won't move. He pulls Lamont's hand from his pocket (laughs) and opens the door and is gone. Dorman stares after him in horror. (laughs) I don't think I've read this situation quite accurately. Yeah. Maybe we get Tim Blake Nelson um, from Minority Report to do that. Is he the... Uh, Gideon, the guy in the who yeah. plays the organ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's quickly redo this scene with him playing it. All right. 
So, interior apartment reception, night. Dorman is here. Samuel exits the lift wearing Lamont's coat and hat. Dorman says, Ah, Mr. Sykes, see? I was just about to call you, see? Mr. Rex is holding a soiree at his this evening, see? Samuel, thanks. Samuel tries to open the door. It won't move. He pulls Lamont's hand from his pocket and opens the door and he's gone. Dorman stares after him in horror. <laughs> What's going on? It probably does about ten lines. So he's just improvising. <laughs> yeah, uh, good. Cut to exterior Canary Wharf, Canada Place. Night. Samuel races through. Digital signs are showing an image of Mortimer Sykes, the real Mortimer Sykes. Mm. Oh, that's as in wanted oh, Mortimer right. Sykes. Ah, realizing he won't be recognised, he ditches the hat. Wait, well, does he that... look like him, or he doesn't look like him? Because if he doesn't look like <laughs> whoever he wasn't, if he doesn't look like Samuel Fell when that comes up, and he doesn't look like this guy either, who's he look like? He's just this weird third person. Yeah, yeah no, I think it's, the reason it's okay is because there was only that one billboard that mm. had um, Samuel Fell on it, and and only Bridget looked at that. <laughs> Everyone else ignored it for yeah. some reason. But this one, there's signs. It says digital signs. Cut to exterior Canary Wharf tube station night. Samael races into the station. Cut to interior Canary Wharf tube station night. He uses Lamont's hand to pass through the barrier print reader. Interior Canary Wharf tube station escalator. Samael races down. Cut to interior tube train mm-hmm, night. Mm-hmm, yeah. The train reaches Canning Town and Samael exits. Cut to exterior Posh Street night. Not the Canning Town of 2007, just in case anyone was wondering. I <laughs> <laughs> was wondering about that. Uh, so, uh, excuse me, Rivers and Howard. Um, this Canning Town, is that specifically the Canning Town of 2007 did he, or Did he or get not? on a train that takes you to 2007 <laughs> or is it still set in the future? No, but of course this was written in 2007, right? So what you mean is not the present one. What you're saying is Canning Town has changed yeah. because this is not the Canning Town of 2007. This street looks more like the Bishop's Avenue. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, this street looks like a like a religious bloke's asshole. <laughs> you know, it's like looking up a Bishop's yeah. Avenue. Fucking hell, don't mm. want to go there. Canning Town's taking a turn for the worse. <laughs> Tell us, Howard, what is the Bishop's Avenue? That's something in my, in your neighbourhood, right? Yeah, I think it. Uh, back, is that the place we then. drove past that you told me about? Yeah, maybe. So it's, uh, it's super super expensive houses. I think I think it's the most expensive collectively. Like it was the most expensive street or something because of all the ridiculous mansions and that on it. But I mean, to be fair, it, it all looks really shit. So, <laughs> but it's um, it's a lot of very big, yes. very expensive houses on a street, yeah. basically. All right. So exterior, Basilius Rex's mansion. Night. The bouncers, recognizing Samuel, let him straight through. Mm. He doesn't have to use his severed hand at all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Interior, Basilius Rex's mansion, lobby night, another sexy party. Ooh. Oh, I see you having a sexy party. Can I join? <laughs> the jazz band plays. This doesn't very sexy. Samael asks a blonde where to find Basilius and she points him in the direction of the garden. Woo-hoo, she says. <laughs> Cut to exterior, Basilius Rex's mansion, garden night. Samael finds Basilius in his favourite spot, smoking. I'm just in my favourite spot having a cigarette, having a smoky smoke. How do we know it's his favourite spot? <laughs> He's going to tell you. There was one scene there, wasn't there? Yeah. I'm famous for sitting in this spot, my favourite one, just in the like in the middle of the grass. 
Yeah. Uh, mm. The bodyguards are close by. Mm. Basilia says, Sykes, glad you made it. With all this symposium rubbish tomorrow, tonight all I want is to get right royally fucked up. Wow. Therefore, you, my friend, are exactly the man I want to see. Come on, let's get inside and you can mix something truly frightening. <laughs> Somebody else says, and you wish. There's a bit of a bit of foreshadowing going on here, right? Yeah. You can yeah, mix yeah. something that will fucking murder me. Mm. <laughs> and then you can take my place and pretend to be me. <laughs> I hope you've organised a doctor to come around and cut my fingers <laughs> off. <laughs> Because I'm going to get so fucked up I'll be dead and you'll need to put my mask on and pretend to be me. Mm. <laughs> lucky, <laughs> lucky that's what you're in the mood for. That's yeah. what I had planned. Yeah, yeah. Cut to interior Basilius Rex's mansion, smoking room night. Samael mixes a cocktail with champagne and class A plus drugs. Ooh. Whatever they are. Put some death cocaine in. Is that all right? <laughs> a little bit of death cocaine. Is it bendy? <laughs> yeah, bendy, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, George. If you buy that, you mean deadly? Then yes. Are you going to make a? Are you going to make a big bang again? <laughs> no, I should make a brand new cocktail that I like to call Kill Basilius Rex. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. With four glasses poured for Basilius himself and the two bodyguards, wow. Samuel raises a toast. Now, a good bodyguard doesn't take. Loads and loads of drugs when they're supposed to be protecting someone, right? They're probably like, um, no, thank you very much. I'll, I'm, I'm at work at the moment. <laughs> Samuel gives them all a glass and then says, to our new president, because that's Basilius, right? Yeah. Because his dad isn't dead, but for some reason isn't president anymore. I forget what the deal is. Oh, didn't he die eventually, though? I don't think he did. I think he was going to, wasn't he? It was a weird thing where the news <laughs> was like... I've been thinking about dying, but I've decided not to. <laughs> there was a news report that was like, he's not doing very well, uh, he's feeling a bit coldy, a bit <laughs> fluey, and so his son's taking over as mm. president. Yeah. Basilius downs his drink. Wow. Samuel pretends to take a large <laughs> swig, but actually chucks it over his shoulder. Oops, the daisy! <laughs> but doesn't actually open his mouth. Mm. Thereafter, he quickly places his glass down amongst other glasses. Basilius looks at his glum bodyguards. And then he says, because you've got to have a joke at this point, don't be shy, chaps. One glass isn't going to kill you. Mm. But of course, at least that means the bodyguards weren't just like, oh yeah, let's keep, let's get drunk. They were like, mm, this isn't we, the weird bodyguards. We can't be just drinking on the job. But then yeah. Basilius tells them one glass is okay. Yeah, three glasses off, it will murder you. No, it won't be you. Come on, guys, it will murder you. Drink is not going to murder you. <laughs> The bodyguards drink the cocktail. Whoops. <laughs> I tell you what, I feel like like normally in a film, this bit would take longer, right? Mm. Because he's, it's been very easy for, for Samuel to just go in and murder this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like just no no conflict, no trouble yeah. at all. But I think it's because you've spent so long building up to this. You've spent so, put so much into the previous scenes. Yeah. There's been so much difficulty that there's not time for any now, is it? We're on page 101. Mm. You're like, oh, fuck, I better, you better, get, I better get through this bit quickly. That's why it needs repurposing so, yeah. as a Netflix miniseries yeah. of six episodes so you can have, like, so much more murder and so much more shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Then this scene basically is a whole episode yeah. where he, tries, to, he fails to he kill to a lot of, several times. He has to put a lot of bodyguards out of windows. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. The, the, he, um, Basilius's mansion is just like got a moat of dead bodyguards. But Basilius like, is there a reason you people are all sleeping on the job? Yeah. Mortimer, make me something that'll kill me. <laughs> you understand I mean that metaphorically, right? Oh, good. All right. Glug, glug, glug. Oh, dear, I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the bodyguards, the bodyguards keep trying the drinks first. That's what it is, right? Because that's their job, like try it first. And, yeah, of course. Basilius yeah. is so distracted that he's off doing something else while his bodyguard dies. Does, and Mortimer chucks it out the window. That happens in the first scene, right? In the first scene where he makes a drink for him, somebody else has to drink it first, and then they're like, "Woo, I'm fucking drunk yeah, as shit!" Right. And he's like, yeah. "Okay, I can yeah, drink that does it happen. now." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right. That should happen. Like a lot it of people should, should and, and die yeah, like, first. Basilius is just like too distracted. Like no, no in fact, Samael is distracting him. Like, oh, yeah, I've got something to tell you. Come over yeah. here. Um, have you heard about um, uh, boob snooker? Have you heard about boob snooker? I've got an amazing idea. Really good game. Anyway, let's go and play boob snooker. And, and then, meanwhile, in the background, someone's dying. Like, Hang on a minute. I've just got to go and get my drink. Chucks him out the window. <laughs> Comes back with his drink. All right. Yeah, but then and then Basilius is so distracted by boob snooker that he doesn't drink the drink. He doesn't die. So then somebody has to do it again, and another bodyguard has to die, and we go through this over and over yeah. again. All right, fair enough. Until there's zero bodyguards left, and then and so and Basilius is like, "Who's going to test my drink for me?" And and Samuel, no, uh, I think they're all having a lie down outside, mm. forming that human moat yeah. <laughs> for you. And he's like, "All right, I'll drink it myself." And that that's the only time it works because there's no one left to try it. Yes, I mean the simplest way would be for um, what's he called Samuel to um, have that kind of. Princess Bride thing where he's he's immune to the to the the um, killer drug he puts in the drink, so he drinks it yeah. down and goes like, "Look, I'm fine." And then and then Basilius drinks it and he dies. But the best thing to do would be to weekend at Bernie's it, and so like the the the, the drug taste assembles. I mean, it. you don't du- you don't need to explain any more to me. If you say you say the best thing to do would be to weekend at Bernie's it. I think what really happens is those two blokes turn up with a corpse. <laughs> And it's just the same movie happening at the same time. And Samuel was like, no, look over there, it's weekend. <laughs> it's like, well, that is a surprise. Let's go and talk to those two blokes and their corpse friend. Yeah, have a drink. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer. So we sat to every night. But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah. Woman of a no, woman of a no, was writer in the world. Was in the world. Was in the world. Was in the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World, a podcast which I'd like to say does not support Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> right, Howard, you wrote this. You wrote this script a long time ago, didn't you? Yeah. Like in, what was it? Did we decide it was like 2007 or some some ridiculously long time ago? And when you were deciding, what's the most ridiculous person that people could use yeah. as a kind of god figure? At the time, it was like, well, Ashton Kutcher, he's in a stupid sitcom playing a stupid character and occasionally does stupid movies playing stupid characters. Yeah. Um, I have, at this point in my life, I have no idea that he'll turn out to be friend and defender of convicted rapists. I mean, you didn't know that, right? I, did, I didn't. I mean, I don't know that <laughs> now. Didn't. I mean, I've no idea. I've, I've not been paying attention to Ashton Kutcher because I forgot he no, existed I mean, as well. So. I mean, no one has. But he's been out of the news for a long time until recently uh, when he oh, got really? himself back in the news by being a terrible, terrible person. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, if you would like more content by us where we absolutely do not come out on the side of awful, <laughs> awful people, then <laughs> you can get it from mm. uh, patreon.com forward slash man by cow. Bye bye, me. <laughs> He's a stupid, suck rubbish writer. Yeah.